Welcome to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. Hi, I'm Meredith Curtis, and I'm so excited that you're with me today at Finish Well Podcast. And this is episode 128, and we're talking about how to raise teens who love America. I want to start out by talking about my son-in-law. My son-in-law is from Ecuador. His name is Diego. And before he married my daughter, he began the process of becoming a U.S. citizen. They were married in January in 2019, and about five months after they were married, he went through his citizenship ceremony and became a citizen of the United States. And we celebrated with flags and just all kinds of fun. We were so excited for him. But more than we were excited for him, he was so excited. And he has such a love for America and such an appreciation of American values like freedom of speech and freedom of religion. And he just really esteems them. He re- He's very patriotic. And as we went through the election, and he was so staunchly conservative and so staunchly um, defending conservative Christian values, I, I just noticed that my son-in-law, Diego, valued freedom so much more than most American-born American citizens. And I had to ask myself, why is that? And why is it that a younger generation is growing up not really valuing freedom as much as maybe my generation? I, I was born in the 60s. And of course, I was born, there was an iron curtain. When I was born, there was a bamboo curtain. I grew up under that. And I remember being shocked when the iron curtain fell in the 1980s because I thought there's always going to be an iron curtain. But of course, of course, God had other plans. I was born in the nation of Venezuela. I was an American citizen, but my parents were working in Venezuela. And I watched my nation in my lifetime go from the sixth richest nation in the world to being overrun through fraudulent elections by socialism and becoming a terribly poor nation where there are bread lines and riots in the street and so much unrest. And so even though America is my country, Venezuela is my birthplace and it's given me so much sadness to see what's happened to Venezuela. I also grew up having friends that were Cubans. I grew up in South Florida, and I met people who were on rafts and escaped from Cuba to the Keys or to Miami on rafts, trying to get out and away from communism in Cuba. When I was in Germany, I went over to Germany in September of 2019, And I talked to many Germans who have, you know, very conservative values. And they said to me, we're watching the United States. We have so much hope for the United States. They were watching 
um, laws being passed to, to protect the life of the unborn in some states. They were watching President Trump <clears throat> pass laws to protect religious freedom. And they were, you know, kind of on their tiptoes watching. And I never knew that. Like I always, my father would always grow up telling me, or I grew up, my father telling me, um, you know, America isn't perfect, but it's the best country in the world. There's, there's not a freer country than America. And I didn't realize how much America's the hope of the world. My son-in-law likes to say that to me, you know, America's the hope of the world. And if she loses freedom of speech, if she loses freedom of religion, if she loses the right to bear arms, then we're all in trouble. And so it is with all of those things culminating in my heart that I thought I have to do this podcast. I have to talk about how to raise teens who love America, because the truth is I grew up loving America, singing the Star Spangled Banner, saying the Pledge of Allegiance, opening in prayer in school. I grew up that way. And I also grew up seeing a contrast. I saw what it was like behind the Iron Curtain, you know, on TV. I heard about it from people who had lived behind the Iron Curtain. And so I grew up with the contrast, the freedom of America versus the um, totalitarianism rule and lack of freedom in communist countries. So I really learned to value freedom. And I really learned to value the freedom that the United States of America gives her citizens. And I realized that, you know, my children and others of their generation have grown up with only freedom. And when you don't see an example of no freedom, it's very easy to take freedom for granted. So today we're going to talk about what and how to teach teens, how to teach them to love America. And I want to start with this. We we are a Christian family. You know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're a Christian family. And so one of the first things I want to show my children is our Christian heritage as Americans. The Puritans came over. The Puritans, Puritan means purify. And these were members of the Church of England who wanted to purify the Church of England Go back to the Bible solidly and steer more away from traditions of men that weren't lining up with scripture. So they were called the Puritans and they founded the Massachusetts Bay Colony. Then we have the Pilgrims. The Pilgrims were nonconformists. They weren't members of the Church of England. They were separatists. And they believed in more of a congregational government for their churches, but also for their new colony, which was Plymouth. In addition, we had, during colonial times, we had the Great Awakening, and the Great Awakening affected every colony, and it affected every Christian denomination, from the Catholics and the Presbyterians and the Methodists, to the Separatists, to the Puritans, to the Congregationalists, to the Baptists, everyone, everyone in the colonies was affected by the Great Awakening. Now, not everyone got saved, but before our country was even founding, God poured out his spirit across this nation, and many souls were saved, and many hearts revived. And so the commonality that the American revolutionists had 
was a biblical worldview, a respect for the word of God, and a desire to honor the Lord by living a moral life and by realizing it wasn't so much that God would be on our side, but that we would be on God's side. And so the the colonists, the American colonists who would later become the first Americans, who wrote the Declaration of Independence, who crafted the Constitution, they feared the Lord. They loved the Lord. They were grateful for salvation. And they wanted to honor him in how they formed a nation, how they forged a nation, how they, you know, we kind of see things and we think of, okay, they just one day decided, okay, we're just going to rebel against England and fight the Revolutionary War. But that wasn't true. They went through every single legal channel. And before, they were not the ones to declare war. Their soldiers, English soldiers, were occupying And they fired the first shot and they initiated the first battles. And that's really important to realize because before we had even declared our our freedom, our Declaration of Independence on July 4th, uh, 1776, the skirmishes had begun, but they were not started by the Americans. And so, yes, we did fight a war, but it wasn't something that we were itching to do. We were itching at first for just our rights as Englishmen based on English common law. And we wanted to honor the Lord in the way that we appealed for those rights. And when we realized that the government would not acknowledge our rights, we began to go deeper and deeper until finally we declared our Declaration of Independence. And um so anyway... That is, I just want you to kind of see the mindset. It wasn't like the French Revolution where power to the people. It was, Lord, this is not right. We need to rebel. We need to take a stand. We need to say, this is not right. Give us our freedom. At any time, had England said, we have not treated you well, you deserve, if if you're going to be taxed, you need to be represented in Parliament At any point, the British could have ended this revolution. The British could have treated the colonists as full British citizens, but they chose not to. Instead, they tried to use military might to keep the people in line. And that is when the people finally said enough. And they didn't just say, hey, you're taxing us too much. They had a list of all these grievances that broke the British law. Okay, not some law they came up with but broke the British law. And so I want you to know it's interesting because there's a book by a British lawyer, Edmund Burke, and he compares the French Revolution to the American Revolution and how they were so different. The French Revolution erupted in so much violence. It was a secular revolution. The American Revolution was a Christian revolution, and there was so much peace. And in the French Revolution, all the enemies were hung. In the American Revolution... The enemies were allowed to stay and become part of the new nation. And I know that because my ancestors weren't on the side of the American Revolution. (laughs) They were on the side of Britain. And yet here I am today alive and well. And so that is in big part due to the groundwork that God laid in the hearts and lives of men and women with the Great Awakening. So that's such a beautiful part of our heritage 
Another thing to think about is the influence of Jesus and his word in America. In every home, it's said in colonial America, there were two books, the Bible, of course, and Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan, which is the story of Christian. It's an allegory about the Christian life, a beautiful, beautiful, biblically-based allegory. People knew the Bible. They memorized scripture both on both sides of the Atlantic Ocean. Over in England and Europe and in America, there was so much scripture memory and not just memorizing, but obeying the word of God. Laws were based on the word of God. And so you had a real respect for the Bible. The Bible taught that man is basically evil, but can be regenerated and redeemed. And so there was, were laws to check power because power can lead to corruption and absolute power can lead to absolute corruption. So there were laws acknowledging, okay, man isn't like a basically good person who just needs the right set of circumstances. Our flesh can lead us into terrible things. And so the word of God influenced how the American revolutionists, how the crafters of the Constitution, the crafters of the Declaration of Independence, viewed mankind and viewed God and viewed freedom. They saw freedom as a gift from God, not something the government could give or take away. Another part of our Christian heritage is to be able to look back at history in the light of national and world culture. So, for example, a big blot on our history as a nation is slavery. And slavery, when we look back, we think, oh, my goodness, how could people own other people? That is so disgusting. You have to keep in mind that slavery in the 1600s and the 1700s was practiced all over the world. In fact, did you know that the last country to outlaw slavery just did so a decade ago? We we can't stand slavery, and that is so good. But slavery has been practiced for years and years. And so when you're thinking about looking back in history, yes, slavery is wrong. And why didn't they know that? I don't know. But look at today. They kill unborn babies. And people, maybe generations from now, are going to look back and say, look how evil this culture was. They killed unborn babies. Well, not everyone in our culture killed unborn babies. And a lot of people didn't think it was right. And not everyone had a slave. Of course, very few people actually owned them. And not everyone believed that slavery was right. In fact, many, many people disagree with slavery. And I'm going to talk about that in a little while. But first, I want to talk about the Constitution. After the American Revolution was over, our nation was under the Articles of Confederation. And with the debt from the war... There was not a way for the government to collect taxes. So they thought states can collect taxes, and if they want to, they can voluntarily give money to the this Articles of Confederation government. But every state was saying, hey, we need to repair ourselves. We don't have the money. So they said, well, let's send delegates and let's tweak the Articles of Confederation. But instead of tweaking, they came up with a whole new document, the Constitution. They opened their sessions in prayer. They cried out to God for wisdom, 
And they based the Constitution on the Bible, many biblical principles. For example, when we look at God, he gives us the law. He's the lawgiver. He judges right from wrong. He judges us at judgment day. He's our judge and he's our king. He rules and reigns. And so the Constitution set up a government reflecting the rule of God. So you have the lawgiver or the legislature, you have the judge or the judicial system, and you have the king or the what we would call the president or executive branch. Also, we had people that really loved the Constitution. They said, wow, this has created a nice federal government, a nice national government, not too big, very small, but giving it enough power that we can be respected by other nations in the world. Remember, we're just this tiny little nation. But then the anti-federalists said, no, this nation is this. This is going to allow the nation to become too powerful, the central government to become too powerful. So we need to make sure that individual rights and states' rights are taken care of. And so people were thinking, oh, my goodness, like America is all about states' rights and individual rights. We need to focus on the federal government, the central government, and and the people, the anti-federalists. So that was the federalists. The anti-federalists said, no, we need to make sure that in years to come, the states' rights and the individual's rights are still protected. So the federalists are the ones who gave us the Constitution. But the anti-federalists gave us the Bill of Rights, or the first ten amendments in the Constitution. And in it, they acknowledge that God has given us freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press, the right to bear arms. That's all acknowledged and that the government can't take it away. And so it's very, very interesting to see, you know, how God used both the Federalists who were for the Constitution and the Anti-Federalists who were against the Constitution. So the Anti-Federalists didn't say, oh, well, we're going to have the Constitution. We're just going to pack up and go back to Europe. No, they went ahead and they went and were elected to the Congress and they drafted the Bill of Rights or the first 10 amendments to protect the rights of states and the rights of individuals. So that is another just beautiful part of our heritage. I believe if you want to raise children, if you want to raise teens who love the Lord, they have to understand their Christian heritage. And no, this is so unique in the governments, in the history of the world. This is unique. This is incredible. And there's so many books you could read. Lex Rex by Samuel Rutherford. A lot of the works by John Locke. I mean, oh my goodness, there's so many exciting classics that you can read about this. But at least teach your children the history. They have a Christian history. They have a Christian heritage. And they have people that God used to bring balance, you know. It it wasn't like God was on the side of the Federalists and not the Anti-Federalists. He used both of them to come together and give us the beautiful Constitution and Bill of Rights. So if you want to raise your children to love America, teach them about the Declaration of Independence. Teach them about the Constitution. Teach them about the Bill of Rights and discuss those documents. Read them and discuss them. Talk about them. Read them out loud. Another thing is meet the founding fathers. They are amazing. Most of them were church-going, born-again Christian men who loved Jesus. They were well-read. 
They, they were well read with literature, with histories. They knew languages. They, they could write and communicate well. And these men were funny and brave and quirky and they were all unique. And it is so exciting to go back and, and learn about them. Don't just learn about John Adams and Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, but there are a lot of other men to learn about. And you'll be so impressed when you meet these heroes from the past because they contributed so much to our heritage. And, and learning about them will give you a glimpse more. When you learn about the founders of your nation, it makes you appreciate your nation so much more. The next thing I would say is talk about slavery. Now, slavery is the elephant in the room when it comes to American history. And I mentioned before that in that time, slavery was practiced all around the world. And in fact, England was first, but America was one of the earliest nations to end slavery. Slavery still continued a long, long time in the Middle East and in Africa. So our nation, yes, that was absolutely evil that they had slavery. But they also, we have a beautiful history on both sides of the Atlantic of working hard to end slavery. And guess who worked hard to end slavery? You got it, Christians. We have John Newton, we have William Wilberforce and their cronies over in England. And then on this side of the Atlantic, we had the Beecher family and so many other abolitionists. And they worked hard to get laws passed. They worked hard, the Underground Railroad, helping slaves to escape to freedom. So we have a beautiful heritage of seeing the fight for freedom for other people. Okay, I may be free, but I'm going to fight for your freedom. It isn't right that you're a slave. And that's a beautiful part of our history. So teach your children about that, about the Underground Railroad. And teach them about life after slavery, like the cool story of Tuskegee Institute and other places like that. There's just so much. Or Ben Carson. I mean, he was never a slave, of course. He was, he's my age, but he, he was a black neurosurgeon who performed some history breaking surgeries and then he served wonderfully the last four years um, as the secretary of HUD. You know, there's so much like teach your children that slavery was evil, but also teach them about the glorious history of freedom and the civil rights movement. Again, so many Christians involved. And, you know, Martin Luther King, communists tried to influence, infiltrate the civil rights movement. But Martin Luther King hated communism and he loved America and he saw America was flawed, not perfect, but that America had so much value and so many good things. And here was this glaring, horrible issue and we needed together as Americans to fight to get rid of it. So I, I just think that's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. Another thing that's important to teach your children about, to teach them to love America, is to value our immigrants. And, of course, all of the non-Native American people in the United States of America are immigrants. And um, so that's most of us, unless you're Apache or Navajo or Hopi, you are probably descended from an immigrant. I know that my mom's side of the family came over 
way back in the 1600s, and they settled in Newcastle, Delaware, and then moved down into Maryland. Some of them, some of them stayed in Newcastle, Delaware. My husband's side came over during the colonial times in 1600s, settled in Massachusetts, Connecticut, that area. Now, my dad's side of the family came over from Germany and Luxembourg, and they came over at the turn of the 20th century. So they came over hundreds of years after my mom's side of the family, but all of them were immigrants. All of them traveled from another country and brought with them the beautiful heritage from their own country and helped to create the culture of the United States of America. And I know that America is a beautiful melting pot. And yes, there's so much unique diversity in our country. But what is more beautiful to me is the way all the unique, diverse people and people groups fit together to create one culture that's America. So that maybe the Italians brought pizza and maybe the Germans brought sausages and hot dogs. But isn't pizza and hot dogs as American as apple pie or hamburgers? I mean, they have, there are so many things that have come over from other nations that are so American. And I think we have the most unique and wonderful culture of all because it's such a big melting pot of so many different cultures and there'll be more to come. And that's what I love. I live in Florida and Florida actually used to be Spanish before it became British and then Amer- and then United States of America. But we have so much from the, the Native Americans, from the Cubans, from the Puerto Ricans, from the people who moved down from Georgia, maybe the British originally from Britain and Ireland. So we just have such a really, really unique um, melting pot of cultures here in America. And I'm so grateful for that. So teach your children about all those people who came in through Ellis Island and then went on maybe to move to Little Italy for a while, but then become a part of the fabric of American life. It's so beautiful. Hey, listen, what I would like to do is take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. And when we get back, we will continue. History shouldn't be boring. Meredith and Laura have some exciting new ebooks to bring the fun and excitement back into history. Studying the Middle Ages? Get Let's Have Our Own Medieval Banquet and Cook Up Some Fun. Studying Ancient History? How about making some recipes from the Ancient History Cookbook? Or get some creative ideas from Let's Have Our Own Olympic Games or Let's Have Our Own Archaeological Dig. These books are available at Amazon.com. The ebooks are available at PowerlineProd.com. Powerline Productions exists to serve you. We want to equip you to be joyful and successful in your homeschooling adventure. Powerline Productions, being world changers, raising world changers. been listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. Now back to your host, Meredith Curtis. Hi, welcome back. 
We are talking about how to raise teens to love America, and we have been talking about our Christian heritage. We've been talking about things to impart to our children. And now I want to talk about freedom in education, because as homeschoolers, we don't have to use the same kind of teaching methods that the government nannies in our government-run schools use. Because you know what? We can teach our children from old histories. We can teach our children from biographies that were written hundreds of years ago. We can teach our children about our Christian heritage. We have freedom to teach our children. And the thing is, when you teach your children what really happened, instead of propaganda to try to create little socialists or propaganda to try to focus on maybe one or two groups that, you know, and make them feel so disenfranchised. Instead, we can teach them the truth. We can teach them about the flaws in America, but we can also teach them about our beautiful heritage. And I think when you really love someone, don't you know both? You know all the good things about them, but you also can tell, wow, this person isn't perfect. They're very flawed. Give your children opportunities to experience freedom, taxation, and entrepreneurships in their education. So what do I mean by that? So when you live in a nation, there are parts of the nation that you don't realize go on when you're a kid. Like you don't realize how much stuff costs. And when you help children pay some bills and pay some taxes, you know, maybe not even their own, but just showing them what you're paying, it can really help them to understand how much life costs or how much money the government takes to look through the budget that Congress passes and to see where all the money in our nation goes and to see maybe where it went 50 years ago and a hundred years ago. So maybe they're going to try to have their own business and you can let them apply for licenses and come up with a fictitious name and all of these things. Read biographies in your education about brave freedom lovers. One of my favorite heroes is George Washington. What a good, good man. And there's just so much about him to emulate. But America is full of heroes. John Quincy Adams, John Adams, Daniel Webster, Abraham Lincoln, Robert E. Lee. I could just go on and on. There's so many people from the pages of American history that your children would love to meet through a biography. How can we raise patriots, people who love America, men and women who will love America. So I'm going to give you, I'm just going to run through some different things that you can do. I mentioned biographies, and I'm just going to give you some examples. Cotton Mather, do you even know who he is? William Bradford, John Winthrop, Jonathan Edwards, George Washington, John Hancock, Samuel Adams, Patrick Henry, Paul Revere, Daniel Webster, Charles Finney, Jedediah Smith, David Crockett, Marcus and Narcissa Whitman, Abraham Lincoln, Robert E. Lee, Lou Wallace, Booker T. Washington, Washington Carver, Calvin Coolidge, John D. Rockefeller, D.L. Moody, Billy Sunday, John Wanamaker, Ben Carson, Ronald Reagan, all of those are exciting men who left their mark in history. And I didn't even get into the women yet. There's so many exciting women who left their mark on history, too. Listen to podcasts and shows from people who love America. 
not people who will whitewash America and say, oh, yeah, that America has no flaws, but people who will be honest, but people who have a respect for the freedom. So what immediately comes to my mind is Prager U, Don Bungiano, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, Bill O'Reilly. Those are just a few, but those those are people who really respect America. How about some patriotic resources when you're studying history or government? I like a Becca, Bob Jones, uh, my company, Powerline Productions. All of our materials are freedom-loving and patriotic, but honest. You know, we don't try to whitewash things. Not Grass Publishing, Liberty Press Publishing. So there's a lot of places where you can get resources if you're wanting to raise children and teens who love America. Teach your children patriotic songs like God Bless America, The Star-Spangled Banner, My Country Tis of Thee, God Bless the USA. All of those are exciting to sing. And I know that to this day, if I hear The Star-Spangled Banner, I get a little teary because it's emotional for me. How about movies? What about Patriot, Harriet, Midway, Cheaper by the Dozen, The Blind Side, Remember the Titans? Movies about Americans' history, Americans' heritage. Or what about some more like the American Heritage series? I love that. Or Dave Stott's Drive Through America history series. So those are just different things that you can watch. Also, there are cartoons like Learn Our History, This is America, Charlie Brown, and Adventures in Odyssey. All of those can help you, you know, learn American history, but from a more patriotic view. Historical fiction, living books, and biographies also can be a real asset. For example, The Red Badge of Courage by Stephen Crane, The Secret Adversary by Agatha Christie, Unbroken by Laura Hildebrand, Gifted Hands by Ben Carson. All of those give you a glimpse into American life. Conservative news sources like Newsmax, One American News Network, CBN News, Town Hall, The American Conservative, Epic Times, Daily Caller. There's more than just Fox out there that has conservative news. Fox is great, and these, but these are available too. Point out inconsistencies. So, you know, when you're studying someone and they say, well, we, you know, they're in the Constitutional Convention saying we shouldn't have slavery, but then you find out this man owns slaves. So talk about that. Talk about how no one in history is perfect. And a lot of times people in history have inconsistencies in their life. They may say they, I believe in marriage, but they had an affair or something like that. Talk about that. And why is it that people are so flawed? And then compare and contrast. Listen to viewpoints of those who oppose the USA and discuss them. Listen to Iran. And what do they have to say? Socialists, the mainstream media, academia, the academic world, they have a lot of hatred for America. But listen to what they have to say. Are they right? Are they partially right? Are they completely false? Usually people have at least something in them that is valid. Maybe not Iran. (laughs) Critical race theory, that has been a really destructive force in America. What is it and how did it start? And maybe I'll do a podcast on that. So when you're listening to opposing viewpoints, where are they right? Do they take it too far and where are they wrong? One thing I like to do is have my children read Communist Manifesto and try to listen. How many times do you hear that book being quoted 
or ideas from that book being esteemed or encouraged. I remember just when Obama was running for president, I would count how often he quoted from the Communist Manifesto by Karl Marx, and I was surprised at how many times he quoted from the from the Communist Manifesto. Honestly, it was interesting. Go through something like Understanding the Times, which is a book about different worldviews and what they think about government, psychology, history, politics, all of those things. It's good to know the worldviews in our world right now and what what they have to say about each thing. Make sure that your teens understand the idea of living in a fallen world and the sin nature of man. There are no perfect people, ideas, or nations. Everything is flawed under the curse of sin, except for Jesus and the word of God. Make sure your teens understand the redemption of Jesus. He saves, redeems, and restores. And the word of God applies to all of life. So, you know, we're living in a time where there are people in power right now who do not value American freedoms like liberty, freedom of the press, freedom of religion, the right to bear arms, freedom of speech. Those those rights could erode in in this decade. They could they're already starting to erode the only way that our children and our children's children are going to live in a free nation is if we raise teens who value freedom, who love the United States of America, their nation, and can pass that love onto their children. So I hope with all my heart that as you hear this, you will pass the baton of patriotism to the next generation. God bless you and God bless America. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.